Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge. And uh, of course, it's the Chelsea Fancast preview show. It's Friday. Oh, we're late, of course. It's five past seven, not seven. But there you go. Um, it's kind of the last kind of league preview show of the season. But uh, of course, there will be at least one more next week. I can't think why. But anyway, on the show tonight, as ever, his lordship, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I've been promoted. I think, was I a duke before? No, what was I? No, an earl. An earl. The duke, earl of, the duke of earl, maybe? Duke of earl, that could have been it. That's probably the <laughs> uh, the subconscious connection I've just made. Indeed. How are you, dear boy? Very good, thank you. Had a good week. Um, had a really good week. An exceptional week, actually. Sorry, Chidge, because you said you weren't having a great week. I've had a really great week. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm delighted you're having a great week. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, the yeah. yin and yang of fucking life, mate. <laughs> you know, yeah, but the I went balance to, to the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've done a lot of work, and um, um, and I've just done a a self tape for a, a film, a Netflix film. Just so it'd be nice to play a Frenchman in something. But you know, you never know where you get these things. But it was good fun doing it. So mm. it's been a nice creative week as well. So thank you, and um, and. Excuse me, it helped us winning, of course, which, of course, bizarrely always leaves me with a spring in my step. What a surprise, you know. Indeed. It left me feeling rather exhausted. We'll go into that in a minute. But before that, JK, who else do we have on tonight? Well, effervescent, informed, and above all, youthful in comparison with we old stages here is, of course, the magnificent Dane Whittle! Yay. <laughs> it feels like ages since we've seen you, Dane. How are you? Yeah, well, it has, isn't it? I, I moved house and then we lost a really important family member. So a lot was going on, a lot of things to deal with. So I obviously gave Instagram a break a little bit and yeah. a couple of podcasts that just didn't feel right at the time. There was a lot going on. But no, no good, you know, dealing with things. And it's it's lovely to be back and share it with you too. It's lovely to have you back, my friend. Thank you. I should have added the, the, the doyen of Instagram. Yeah. I'm sorry. Said that. Yeah. Without who we would never have an Instagram page. We without. wouldn't. No, no. He's, I, I checked in tonight, actually. It's looking good, uh, Dane. So thank you, as always, for that. Now, uh, it's a two-parter tonight. Uh, first part, we're really going to talk about uh, last uh, Tuesday's game against Leicester, which, of course, we thankfully won. And... Uh, Talk a little bit about the presser as well from today and also talk about Mason Mount because he won the Player of the Year award this week. And uh, there's no opposition view this week because Aston Villa fans are either completely useless or they hate us. I'm not really quite sure which, but there is no opposition view as a result. Uh, And then what is normally part three will now be part two. And that's when we're going to have a look ahead to, uh, you know, the crunch match of the season, really. It all boils down to a little old game against Aston Villa to determine whether we will be in the top four at the end of the season. So there we go. Now, as I said, Leicester first. Uh, I think the first thing, JK, really, even before we get into the football, and and you were there, weren't you, on Tuesday? I was. Yeah. I mean, it even came across on the TV. And if you've read my, you know, very copious notes, you'll, you'll see my constant references to... Hearing the fans, I think I said at one moment, "Ah, oh, the joy of hearing wanker, wanker, wanker again." You know? oh, well, in fact, the, the best one was the c-word, of course, applied I, liberally. Really, liberally. Oh, I didn't catch that on the TV. 
It was the you'll always be a, you know. Oh, I missed that. I missed <laughs> that, that one. Yeah, that was really excellent. Yeah. I really like that. But I mean, but the, 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 I just say quickly what the best one was was the your support is fucking shit. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. It was that. just very good, very, very clever. But I mean, you know, it was just so great to see supporters back in that stadium. Eight thousand made a huge noise. I oh. mean, I, th- I think it obviously made a difference. But how much of a difference did you think it made? Um. Well, I think, well, Werner, for example, he was absolutely uh, um, infused by the response, which I don't think he's quite grasped that some of it is is encouraging to, to the underdog, you know, as we did with Kesman. I think there's an element of Kesman going on there, which was, you know, we're, we're trying to make him, we're, in, we're infusing so that he plays better, which I think is always something that Chelsea fans have been very good at in the ground, is if you feel somebody makes an effort, even if they're not doing terribly well, at least you, you know, you hope they're going to come good and you get behind them because there were a large, and everybody was was cheering him to the rafters. And he was he was absolutely buoyant at the end of the game when interviewed because he, he, and it was even mentioned in the presser that this was significant, that the crowd were getting behind him. But it was, um, the, the worst thing, of course, was the, uh, the fact that, um, and we'd all celebrated all well, celebrated the first goal madly and it was chalked off. We we're a bit dubious about the second one, and it was chalked off. And then none of us had a clue what had happened for the penalty. And that's the dilemma with being in the ground is you can't see everything you know, um, um, as, as an instant replay. Um, in fact, I had this terrible feeling all the way through it that somebody was watching it with a better feed than me. And I kept having to remind myself that I was actually live at the game because somebody would WhatsApp. And I look at and I look at my phone and go, oh, has somebody seen a goal? And I thought, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm watching it live. I'm here. I'm seeing it as is because I'm so used to watching it on on a, on a feed or on telly, even BT Sports behind some people in America, bizarrely. So even a few seconds. So, um, but yeah, it was it was it was it was joyous as I've described before. Even going to when I went to see Krasnodar, you know, to actually be sitting in your seat and the. The the noise, even the, where I sit in the uh, the stand middle, nobody ever sings anything. Everybody was out of their seats, jumping about, singing every song. It was it was it, but it was for the you know for the for the better having people in that area. It was a uh, it was alive. Every part of the ground was alive. So you don't normally you'd have those areas of hospitality where it's silent, even the west stand and the east stand, everywhere. So that was one of the reasons why you got 8,000 people sounding like 40,000 because they were they were in all parts of the ground. Because normally only 8,000 out of the 42,000 sing. Is that what you're saying? Anyway, and, and they're stuck in the shed or in the Matthew Harding. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's probably it. That's right. That's, but, you know, it was, it was great to be there, but the negatives were similarly, it then exposed the whole idiocy of VAR, the whole aspect of not knowing what on earth is going on, and particularly with the penalty, because Dean, in all his strutting brilliance, no, well, had... Had taken the penalty, taken the free kick about five yards outside the box. I'm gonna, so I'm, idea, I'm gonna hold hold you off on Dean. Oh, I, 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 I wanna, I wanna kick him in the gonads thoroughly in a minute. Um, Dane, were you there or not on uh, Tuesday? No, 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 I, uh, no, I couldn't, I couldn't work it due to work. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. Well, you know, they should be so proud of themselves. They made such a noise. The yeah. fans, it's amazing. And compared to all the other games, <laughs> watched Chelsea fans were. You know, could have could have sung for a good eighty-five minutes. You know, give or take a couple of minutes. But a lot of the other games I watched, they were very quiet. Yeah, we you noticed that because I obviously watched a few games this week, and 
Yeah, it was just brilliant. We were so... I mean, obviously, you know, we had a match where there was a hell of a lot right. It was a must-win match. I think that helps. But I just think JK's got it bang on, actually. Just that whole excitement of being back, uh, even if it was only 8,000. And it, I think it clearly made a difference. I, I, I'm going to pick this up again, actually, uh, when we talk about the presser, because I think there were some really interesting points made about it then. But before we do that, uh, Dane um, and Jonathan, I'll go to you first, because you were, you were there. Uh, so you might have had a slightly different perspective on it than us. Um, but my my kind of general feeling about the match, JK, was that it was a... You know, it's really interesting, actually, because last Monday I said, you know what, I think we'll batter them, but we'll only win 2-0 because we just can't score yeah. enough goals. And we battered yeah. them, mm-hmm. and we only beat them 2-1. So a really robust, good performance, I thought. But the bloody finishing nearly cost us again, didn't it? Well, this is the problem, and it has been the problem since... Um... Well, all season, really, when Tuchel came in, he 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 shored the defence up. And once again, we're looking very sturdy in defence. But um, uh, it doesn't seem to matter how many chances you create. We're just not very good at putting them away. And um, and once again, our, our dear friend Werner was was on the end of several opportunities. Um, uh, it, they seem to make it's the choices. He, he talks about precision all the time. I keep going on about that. He mentions that every single time in his press conferences it's there was a, a wonderful example of that when he, he strode through Werner got to the edge of the got to the d of the penalty area and he thought well he's you know he's got two players in front of him and he can see the goal surely he's going to have a dip and he just passed it sideways all right it was it was Chilwell who was possibly in a better better position he beat a man and centered but then you've lost that opportunity because all the defense is back and uh, the angle's different um and it, if you're relying on him, we're, we're you know, I, I fear for us in both games coming up. Um, and Pulisic was a bit, as he had been in the uh, cup final, um, slight dead ends. Um, and yet the, you can't, you can't um, uh, deny the effort. There was a great effort and a much better tempo than they'd been in the cup well, final. And that has a lot to do with the fans. Although I know there were fans at Wembley, but as we all know, the atmosphere is horrible there anyway. Very good. Very good. But uh, no, I, I um, no, indeed, we 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 came, we went at them and and absolutely battered them. We were all over them. Yeah. But once again, uh, well, um, I, I was fearful that the impetus would be taken out by the, uh, by the uh, by VAR on both occasions actually. Mm. Um, uh, but it, it didn't. It wasn't. We just kept going. It was just uh, once again this strange. Well, not even strange. This inability to put the ball in the net. I mean, it, it it was very frustrating. I mean, you know, poor old Dane and I couldn't be there, you know, and it was, ah, uh, oh, oh, that's interesting. I've got some breaking news for you in a minute. But uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, watching on the TV, it was incredibly frustrating because, as, as JK was saying, you know, it's it's the same old story from, from the whole season, really, isn't it, Dane? But, you know, we got there in the end and, uh, you know, it was a huge win, wasn't it? And I loved, I loved the fact that Rudiger... Rudiger was was just a monster, wasn't he? All night, I, I, that that goal he scored that came off his thigh, and that hilarious uh, right in front of J.K. Actually, where he kind of did this kind of weird Cruyff turn, and then and then did a very exotic dive to go and earn a free kick. Was just yes. remember that? Yeah. Anyway, that Dane, was remarkable, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, it was. So I mean, you know, I I, I kind of left frazzled but happy, if you mm. see what I mean, Dane. Because really, it was all about the win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was obviously it was very generous two one. It was never a two one in a million years. Leicester didn't show much. They had probably a bit of the last five minutes, a couple of minutes at the beginning, but not really. Uh, 
clearly Werner loves playing in front of the crowd because I believe that was his, uh. the best he's looked uh, for Chelsea. He really responded to the fans. Uh, he was he was unlucky a bit, you know. I know sometimes we you know we try not to give him the benefit of the doubt and says well, he needs to do this, he needs to do that to improve. But I think he really responded to to the crowd and uh, impressed. And if we've just basing it on his performance, then. You know, so much to build on for the future. Mm. And Rudiger as well. Rudiger has been absolutely immense. You know, we're talking. Oh, we're, 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 if if Chelsea had a bigger say on, on things like Sky Sports News, there'd be polls. It'd be, it'd be it'd be it'd be talking in the same breath as Van Dyke when Van Dyke was so good about a year ago because he he's on those levels now. Yep, he certainly is. I'm 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 loving every minute of him, and he's looking like one of the real leaders of the team, which is what we were told a long time ago. Now, uh, the breaking news that I uttered a minute ago is that we have another guest, of course, because we always have a, another guest on on the Friday night show, and of course, it's usually a journalist, and he's our old friend, uh, Mr. Liam Toomey from the Athletic. Um, hello, sir, or, or should I? I would say good evening, but it is already good evening, so that joke doesn't work, does it? Really? It is evening. Yeah. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> That's all right. Um, we're, yeah, puppy causing chaos the last sort of fifteen oh, twenty minutes. The little lab you've got, yeah, just Ruby. a a, a very cute distraction. <laughs> so, so you mean you you longed off twenty minutes or fifteen minutes of the fan cast because you were playing with your puppy, mate? That's a lame excuse. Uh, playing is uh, one word. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> um, you haven't really missed much. You you won't be surprised to hear. But um, you know, we're talking about the Leicester game, Liam, and uh, one thing that. Uh, uh, I, I, we have to talk about the just the utterly woeful refereeing from Mike Dean. Um, how on earth both he and VAR didn't give the foul that Tielemans made on uh, Werner, I will never know. And frankly, I can't understand how on earth he couldn't give the other penalty to Werner, which was clearly inside the box and then... He just ignored it. I mean, as it happens, I think I think Werner's handball goal was obviously not a goal, and I think that the offside was obviously not an offside. I've got no quibbles with that. But the penalty decisions were just rank, rank idiocy. I can't think of another word to describe it, Liam. Yeah, and it feels like we're seeing this on a weekly basis with VAR, not not just with Chelsea, but I think it's it's a running theme of the season and. You know, I, I think everyone accepted that you're, you're not going to get 100% accuracy, um, particularly when you're dealing with a set of rules that are fundamentally down to the referee's interpretation on the day in a lot, in a lot of cases, or the VAR's interpretation. It's still a human. Um, but judging. How, how could Dean get it wrong on the first one and then yeah. VAR back up? Two wrongs don't make a right. Mate. I know. It I was know. Mariner, Chidge, wasn't it? It was Mariner. Who was but it's just, team. I mean, God. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And then, of course, with the one that gets given in the second half, it almost felt like there was an element of evening up. It's like because you didn't get that one in the, the one in the first half was more of a penalty yeah, yeah. than the one in the second they didn't half. Have so. Still, did they? They didn't have the, that, the angle we all got afterwards. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I, I think the second one was definitely a penalty. I don't think there's any quibble about that, but I agree with you. I think the first one was even more of a penalty. It just, it just, it just. Defies logic. Just something I've noticed that if the referee thinks he wants his decision to be um, accepted and he doesn't want VAR to be involved, like it's if it's an on-field decision, like the ball going out for a corner when it's a goal kick, um, what they tend to do is run away really quickly and not run show away, that they're... run away. <laughs> well, yeah, well, weirdly enough, they do. They sort of go, <laughs> they go, they go. Um, they'll either blow the way, or they or they go. 
and they run. And you can just <laughs> say, I've, I've, I've been watching, watching the body language, you know. And and it's almost as if, if to say to VAR, I've made the decision. I don't want you telling me that that I was wrong and I was close enough. Yeah. And um, and therefore, there is never any uh, um, effort by we don't hear VAR. That's the other aspect we have difficulty with, of course, in the even at the ground and on telly. You know what's going on, and nothing happens. And then telly seemed to be slightly in on it by not showing a replay of it. And you think, what's this? Have they sent a message saying we've made the decision? We don't want anybody to see that we might have got it wrong because it, it, what you it, it, it was summed up a few years ago for me when when when. Taylor was refereeing the Spurs game and Alonso got smashed to pieces by the goalkeeper. It wasn't Lloris, it was the reserve goalkeeper. And the, and Taylor, being Taylor, gave a free kick in the same way that he gave a free kick um, to the opposition. He he gave a foul against Werner in this sense. He gave a foul against um, Alonso. And then VAR came in and said, actually, it was a penalty. And Taylor was absolutely, dis he was so disappointed, so angry that he had to overturn this decision because he's the great Taylor. You know, he's, 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 you can't do that. All my decisions are right. I was on the spot. And I get the same impression that you, it's almost as if the club, he met, you make a decision. I'm not giving that one. It's the way it is. And I'm afraid I felt the same thing about the cup final and the handball, which put, pushed the ball into Tielemans to score, which if you, and turn, you don't need to even interpret the laws. The ball is handled and it goes to a player and he scores. It's a foul. It's written in the laws. It's absolutely there. And his hand was at a strange angle in the cup final and it hit him on the arm and it diverted to the player. So it's therefore a free kick. And yet, Instantly, there was a kind of he gave the goal. He didn't even consult anybody. It just went on. It's almost as if they're all going, oh, no, 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 I'm with you there. We won't overrule that. There's a kind of um, uh, it's not crony. Well, there is cronyism, but it's like a, there's almost a, a secret dialogue. I won't give that one. You saw it. You're near. We'll leave it. Well, alone. you know what? If, if, if Lee Mason gets to be the head of it, we can call it the Masons. Oh, Chidge, you are so on fire. Anyway, Liam's gagging to come back in on that. I know, not on my joke, on what you were saying. I hate. No, I, I, I rabbited on a bit there. That's all right. You no, know. you were you were getting it off your chest, mate. That's what it's, what it's all about. A bit of therapy. A bit, a bit of therapy. Thanks very much. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they're coordinated enough to execute like a real time conspiracy um, <laughs> against anyone. No, but... no, I don't think it's a conspiracy, Liam. I just think it's, it's like it's, it's there. They yeah. go, oh, all right, you've made the decision. I'll, I'll go with it. I don't yeah, think I, I, I do Some think there is conscious bias, maybe, Liam. Well, well, I, I, I think where if if that is an element, I think where it comes from is that the, the PGMOL as an organisation are so guarded about the kind of, you know, the, against outside criticism and referees do get a lot of criticism, justified or otherwise. Um, and so I think they're always, the, the, I think the entire system of VAR and the entire system of the P, P, PGMOL is designed to try to minimise the, the opportunities for their referees to be made to look stupid um, or their referees' decisions to be made to look stupid or be forced to go back on something. So I think that that's why the whole clear and obvious thing is what it is, because I think they want to set the threshold for VAR intervention as high as possible. Yes. And, and, the, and whoever is the VAR on any given day is another one of these referees. So the last thing they want to do is to overrule one of their colleagues um, in a situation where 
it's fun, it, it's fundamentally interpretive. Right? If it's if it's absolutely bang to rights, like the sort of like the Taylor one, I remember that you know that incident with it was Gazaniga, wasn't it? it? Was the goalkeeper and Alonso? Um, then of course you have to step in, but. Um, I think in general they are on the side of not overruling their colleagues. If there's any, if there could be any justif- justification made for the in- for the original interpretation, I, I think, think they would prefer to I let it stand. Liam, you've expressed what I meant much better. I think you've said. Well, that can yet. can I add to that? Because <laughs> I think you know I, I I see where you're coming from, Liam. And as always, it's a it's a it's a well thought out point. I expect nothing less from you. But if that's the case then you know all all they're really doing is 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 reinforcing bad practice i'm making decisions because i don't want my colleague to look stupid doesn't cut it for me if my colleague is incompetent then i need to call it out is what the what they should be saying or they should be having better you know you know more competent refereeing period i mean surely in the game if we if we take chelsea out of the, out of the equation here just look at the game as a whole you know, clearly we want better standard of refereeing. If you had better standard of refereeing, then they wouldn't have to, to, to make decisions based on whether I'm going to make my colleague look stupid or not. I don't think we'll get a be- better standard of refereeing until the kind of relentless culture of um, abuse, right, within the game as well, and like the sort of abuse that referees get on match day. I think until something fundamentally culturally changes in football, I don't think we're going to get better referees because who would want to be a referee? They must be drawing from the smallest talent pool on earth. I would agree with you. And I think it attracts a certain personality trait. And I mean, I can go back to when I was playing football, I was a kid, you know, it was people who like to wear uniforms and, and, uh, and, and uh, put, put out authority, shall we say, I'm not going to go down the old cliched analogy there, but um, I wonder, Liam, just a, sorry, JK, just a final question. I mean, it's often been spoken about, but if if we had more ex-players as referees, do you think that might help? Because that's often been said it, 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 that it might do, because they kind of understand the nuances of, of the game that some referees just don't. I don't think ex-players understand the, the rules, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of them know the rules. Absolutely agree. And, I, and, I, and especially because if you're talking about ex-pros, the, the rules... like on handball in particular, have changed drastically in the last few years. I don't even know really what um, attacking and defensive handball is anymore because there have been so many tweaks to it, especially since VAR came in. They've, they've, now, they've now created a situation where attacking handball and defensive handball are not the same thing and there's not the same threshold to give each one which has never been the case in the history of football. If it's, if it's handball, it's handball. It's, that's no longer the case. Oh, wow. So that's just one area in which I think an, ex, uh, an ex-pro would have trouble well, it sounds um, like because a, it's more convoluted than ever. It sounds like an insoluble problem. Uh, now, Dane, I, wa- I want to talk to you about something that I have a suspicion that you might have enjoyed. Wait, I just, can, I just, can I just make my point a second? about? Oh, sorry, about cut, what take two. <laughs> Before we change the subject. Stop, sorry, stop, just stop, stop, stop the show. Yeah, thank you. We go, well, you, you acknowledged me, but Did you didn't I, let me in. I'm only, I'm only <laughs> winding you up, you stupid plonk, and get on with it. <laughs> first of all, first of all, when I qualified as a ref, one of the reasons I did it, obviously, was I got a tenner of time, and I like that because I could then <laughs> my girlfriend. Which was a pay rise from being Stanford, of course. Followed up, it was a huge pay rise from being Stanford. No, it was. That's why I got sacked as Stanford, because I asked for a tenner. I asked for a tenner of time, but he wouldn't have it, the marketing guy. But no, but... Um, um, then she dumped me for she said I thought you're an actor instead of which said I'm going out with a referee so she dumped me so but it's you know well out of that well I think we know why she did that because we know what referees are 
no, I wasn't. I just didn't like me wearing the little black outfit, she said. Anyway, in bed. No, 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 no. Hang on a sec. That's not what we were talking about. But what I wanted to ask was, given this situation, um, that yes, that yes, they don't. They, they want to back them up. These situations. The the Tielemans foul on Werner was so obviously ridiculous, obviously a foul that it was embarrassing that Mariner didn't give it because he he kicked him up in the air. And therefore, to give the free kick the other way was just uh, beyond belief. It didn't make any sense why Dean was doing that. That's just the, the other aspect of it. So mm. I don't. But if they're, if they're trying to do, um, no, that um, certainly met the threshold for intervention. Definitely, yeah, that, yeah, that absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And the um, uh, and what I don't understand is is why I keep using rugby as an example of. I'm, obviously, it's easy for them to just put somebody in a sin bin, but the. The linesman has such a more significant role to play in rugby because he can walk onto the pitch with his flag up and say, that happened. And the referee doesn't feel intimidated. There is no de deference. The linesman doesn't defer to the referee. Obviously, he observes. But they seem to be so much more of a team. There's not this, the, the, the status that all the referees seem to have. That is one of the problems with refereeing at the moment. They need to somehow have less ego and allow all the linesmen to be part of the team so they're involved. And at the moment, I, to be, it's only fair, to be fair to linesmen, they're so worried about whether they're supposed to flag or not flag and keeping up with the pace of the game. Very difficult for them. And, it, and rugby, obviously, is slur-paced when it comes down to all the, 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 uh, um, the scrums they have and whatever, and it's just bursts of energy. Yet, it's the status of the linesman in this instance. And for the referee to then go, that's interesting, I didn't see that, let us look at, at the television, let's see. So there is, he doesn't lose face. I feel so much about referees as losing face at the moment. Mm. They don't want to be seen to be doing that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right, let's wrap that one up. Um, Dane, sorry, mate. Um, sorry, Dane. Sorry, I had the, to the, there's a lot, a lot. Well, no, there's lots to lots to talk about with this because it's just winding us up so much. Um, I think I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I, I never quite know with you, Dane. I mean, I have to say that the, the thing that happened towards the end of the match absolutely tickled me pink. I love nothing but a. A huge mass brawl between the players to liven proceedings up. You, when it was happening, I thought of you. Yeah, yeah I thought you did. <laughs> you'd have gone, yeah! <laughs> if I'd have been sitting with you, mate, I'd have had an absolutely superb view of that, wouldn't I? You, you I'd would have been leaping great. off the balcony to get involved, wouldn't I? You would, you would. You'd have loved it. <laughs> but it did, it did tickle me for many reasons. One was Rudiger again, who, who you and I were talking about <laughs> earlier again, uh, um, you know, Dane. And, you know, he was at the forefront of that. With that, that uh, what kind of Ricardo was it? I think, yeah. and uh, and then and then I think the the funniest thing of all was Mendy coming in and Zuma coming in, absolutely throwing their weight around, and then Amati leaping off the bench, and then the Chelsea players all kind of realizing actually it was Amati, the guy mm. who had thrown their uh, pennant away, and the the re I mean there's some great stuff on on uh, on social media, but the the reactions of the Chelsea players' faces when they realized who it was, they just went absolutely incandescent. It was brilliant. But what did you think of it? Oh, it was Mason's face because Mason was sort of like having a little bit say, but then it started to ease off and his face, when he turned around and saw that Leicester player there, his expression just turned from a uh, schoolboy to Pompey boy within seconds. It was, it, it was great. He, uh, yep. And then in, 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 Thiago Silva as well was having a few words yeah, yeah, said, to the, said to said Leicester player. But it, yeah, it, it, it's it was very prominent, wasn't he, Silva? You're absolutely mm, right. Leader, yeah, mate. Was. Yeah, don't mess with the boy from the favelas, mate. No way. Or, or his wife. Oh, she's brilliant, by the way, isn't she? All these the, uh, Instagram things she keeps putting on. I love her. She's been. A, I've. I've. Someone. Someone said from, from PSG when he signed, they said the the wife is is amazing. She's very entertaining. So I I followed her. 
quite early on and yeah she is she is obviously she, her english isn't great but she is so entertaining yeah. very loyal to tiago and obviously now chelsea she's been like that since the beginning yeah. but going back to that brawl yeah it showed fight it showed you know spirit it showed you know togetherness uh it, it was it was good to see it didn't get too stupid you know there was no fist of cups or anything and i think chelsea just letting out steam whether they was frustrated because they should have been far away more more goals up or they was just so pumped up you know but they didn't lose their heads i think they were just sticking up for themselves there, there were a few niggly naughty little tackles that have been going in for a while particularly by ricardo and I think that's what started. Anyway, look, the, the, the ser- there is a serious point to this other than my, my gratification for a bit of on-pitch football violence, you know. Uh, the serious point, Liam, of course, being that the FA have now uh, invoked Article QZ49.731, whatever it is, I don't know, and it's all going to... I mean, I, now it's a bit like the, when we got done for the brawl against Tottenham, which was clearly not our fault, and then we got heavily punished for it, didn't we? What's going to happen, mate? You, you're a bit more clued up than I am on this, I think. Um, it's not something I've looked into today yet, but um, I think what usually comes into play with these situations is how many recent offences you've had for failing to control your players or staff. So when the Battle of the Bridge happened, um, Chelsea got uh, an unprecedented fine for the time. Yeah, because they'd had about three or four previous incidents in the, in under Mourinho as things unraveled under Mourinho. And the, and so they, they were very much on the FA's naughty list. <laughs> I can't remember the last time this, this no. Chel- anything happened with this Chelsea group. Um, so I, I would imagine if it is a fine, it will be a pretty minimal one um, because it is recent offenses play heavily into it. And Chelsea don't have that kind of reputation as, and, arch antagonists anymore you didn't appear to have any fisticuffs in it either there weren't no. so, so it was a lot of hold me back wasn't it, it was well in fact wasn't it mendy and schmeichel were both both peacemakers weren't they yeah ran that far to do that so. I, I just love the fact the way that mendy just looked so huge when he went into that brawl it was wonderful and well let's hope we don't get too much of a, a bit of punishment um I, I certainly don't think we deserve to and as JK said, there, there was, you know, no fist for flying. We, we, we kind of mentioned Mason Mount in dispatches there, didn't we? And um, he, of course, this week uh, won the uh, the Chelsea's Player of the Year award. Um, I, I've just written a, a piece for Football.London on what I think of that. And and uh, this might this might make Liam giggle, but... Uh, I I also had a vote in the Football Writers Association, and of course Liam, because he's much cleverer than me and certainly less myopic, voted for Ruben Diaz, who who won, and I voted for Mason Mount, and I probably was the only, you know, member of the Football Writers Association who did. But I, I explain why I did today, uh, Liam, in the piece, and you know, I write for che- on Chelsea, and broadcast on Chelsea, and I've watched every minute of Mason Mount this season, and I don't feel I'm held to the same broad perspective that a lot of other football writers are and he's the best player I've seen this season so I, I did it honestly as as well as obviously biasedly um, but there was a bit of honesty and authenticity in that I mean for example I voted for Jordan Henderson last year because I actually felt he deserved to win it he was a worthy winner but it's fantastic I think to see Mason Mount uh, win it um, not least because of the absolute loads of codswallop he gets on social media which is just completely daft and I think it's a real two fingers up to that brigade because of course as you will probably know 
when you vote for the Player of the Year on the Chelsea website, season tickets and members, their votes are weighted uh, more. You you know, they count more. Okay. Right. I didn't know that, ah, Well, there you go. That's and, good to know. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it tells you really, I think, a more truer reflection of how highly he is held or what, how, how high the regard is for him from Chelsea. You know, suppose you go to the matches, basically. That's what I'm saying. Um, but well-deserved, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he's, if you look through the whole Chelsea squad, he's probably the only player who, whose who's excellence has, has transcended the Lampard and two Caleras. You know, he's been, he's never really fluctuated. He, he's maybe had a couple of games where he wasn't, I mean, you know, the Arsenal and Leicester games were probably two of his quieter games of the season. Um, but he's, he's had good games even when Chelsea haven't played well. And and I think the thing that ends up separating him in a conversation like this is that even when he's not making a decisive contribution in the final third um, or doing something that really catches the eye, the base level of what he offers never goes away, which is that incredible intensity leading leading the team press, his incredible energy, um, his te- his technical ability when he when he has the ball, even if he's not you know playing defense splitting passes or firing one into the top corner he he's always impressive on the ball um and he just sets the tone uh, i mean you know frank lampard was in, interviewed this week and it's no surprise to anyone to hear him say that you know he was grooming mason mount to be chelsea captain because he saw those qualities in him very very early uh, and he he does seem to i think even particularly in the last couple of months i think we've seen him step up again um where he, he's he's really comfortable in his skin now as a big time Chelsea player, um, not in a com- cocky way. He just he's he's comfortable with that responsibility and in this team. And I think you've started to see him emerge as a potential superstar player. You know, I think he's a he's an absolute you know superstar worker in a team. But I think we've started to see moments of superstar quality from him as well. Um, and so I'm really excited. I'm I'm really excited to see where he can go from here yeah. because I think he's got a lot more. I think he's got more levels to to ascend to. Well, I mean, I, I made the point in the article that you know, <clears throat> I think uh, you know he's he's won the award. He's 22. I mean, interestingly enough, he's not the youngest uh, player to win it for Chelsea by a long stretch. There's a whole load of players. I mean, Ray Wilkins and Gary Locke. Wilkins must have won it young. Yeah. He was 20. Uh, yeah. He won it in 76. Gary Locke was 20 when he won it. Uh, in 74 but Tommy Langley Mike Fillery Pat Nevin to name but a few uh, JT they were all 21 so there have been a lot of younger winners than Mason but for me the interesting thing is is that he's wanted at 22 it's his second season for Chelsea and Frank joined Chelsea when he was 23 and had you know his his stats for the first two seasons were not as good as Mason's have been it was his third season that he really took off and became the player that we, we you know that we we know and love now uh, and so i i think that on that trajectory mason is ahead so if he keeps yeah. he keeps this level of consistency up and keeps that trajectory up and we know that he works like lampard used to a great worker mm-hmm. and he has arguably more natural talent than, than lampard had he, he could he could surpass that and it's unbelievably exciting to see that happen isn't it jk well, the one area I think he has to improve is his shooting. 
um, uh, which is still pretty good. Oh, at, you're such need... a negative Nora. We're sitting there building him up, and he's, oh, well, he's not can't shoot. You know? but, but Lampard wasn't the greatest goal scoring midfielder no, of his generation uh, in his early 20s. He became yeah, that player. Me, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I'm just I'm mucking around, mate. I'm having a, a bit of fun. Allow no, allowed, me some fun allowed. on a Friday Can't night. Come on. No, all right. I'll tell you what I'll say. I'll say, yeah, Chid, you're great. He's great. <laughs> He's great. He's the best player ever, Chidge. I love him. one of him. my favourite comedians, Jeff Norcott, until he went a bit right-wing and loopy. He always used to say, there's applause and then there's taking the piss. I think you get the point. And are you going to tell, tell us your point? <laughs> no, you're going to sulk. All right, Dane? <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. right. I mean, you. And I think, actually, to be fair, JK, you know, on, on your point about Mason Mount shooting... And, and I mean, and goal scoring, really. Um, I mean, he's the first to say he needs to improve and he needs to score more goals. But as I said, his first two seasons, he's had more goals and assists than Frank did in his first two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, we know, but I was looking for the perfect player. I'd like him to get in a position where he just curls into the corner or he drives like Frank used to drive. Um, it would be nice to have at least one player playing for Chelsea who could actually you know, hit the goal from the from the uh, the edge of the penalty area for a change rather than... Uh, um, scuffing it or mm. hitting a weak shot or yeah. even laying it to the right or left. It would be nice to see the ball bapped in very hard into the top corner. Mm. So we can also go, wow, what a great goal. Yeah. I really like saying that when I'm at the match. Wow, I know. what a great goal. But I think as Liam was saying, he's he's produced... I, I think what's interesting for me, Dane, is that he's produced... He, you know, He's becoming a real big game player for us. I mean, the goal against Real Madrid in the semi doesn't come much bigger than that. That amazing goal he scored against Porto and the away leg again, really huge. Goal against Liverpool at Anfield. Goal against well. Liverpool at Anfield, absolutely. He's, you know, and he even, you know, not huge games, but he scored the winner against Fulham. He got the equaliser, which was a pen against Southampton. You know, he's, he, he. I think increasingly we'll we will see him, Dane, as Chelsea's go-to player. Oh yeah, I, I believe he's our best player. I believe oh, the award he is already. The uh, I believe the award is you know fully fully deserved he's been our most consistent player uh liam's right he's got so many levels to go to he's so good we're accommodating him at the moment to an extent i don't believe he's a front free player but he's so good that well you can't really put him anywhere else you can't really put him in a, in a six and it's the formation that tuchel's playing so he's got no choice but to play behind the, the forward i think tuchel deserves some some praise as well i think he's unlocked He's unlocked, uh, you know, little little doors with with Mason because Frank, Frank quite famously said, you know, he's not the sort of player who's gonna, you know, you know, spin on spin on a sixpence and nutmeg nutmeg this person that person. But he's brought skills to his game, where he's leaving players behind, especially in Europe, uh, especially against uh, Fernandinho in that semi final of, of the FA Cup. You know, Fernandinho. He got an absolute roasting from Mason. Yes, yeah, he's brilliant. Uh, I know we all have different opinions on players, and it, but you got to respect what they do. But we're not stupid, you know what I mean? We're seasons ago as members. We watch, you know, wh- whoever. We watch Chelsea, and we know that he's a good player. You know, we're not going to listen to, you know, to Bob Tom from Twitter. You know, we've got our own eyes. You know, listen, you've got to think of it. Lampard, Tuchel, Southgate, Messi, Guardiola, Klopp, Ferdinand, you know. Joe Cole, Lineker, Keane, uh, the list goes on. You know, these are not idiots. They know their game and they know he's a freaking good player. And we know that. The agenda with him is, it is nothing to do with how much they doubt. They just, a lot of supporters nowadays, they they, they, they just support the one player. Originally, it was Pulisic. 
um, because Pulisic wasn't getting in. He was struggling to adapt to the uh, Premier League and maybe, you know, the, the English lifestyle last season and Mount because he deserved it because Frank saw him in training, put him ahead of him. Once Pulisic started to get in, they all turned to Hudson-Odoi and started, oh, it's Hudson-Odoi who's missing out now because of Mount and Mount's holding these players back. It's sad. That's all they got. It's because they support players. Is they that because they play it. FIFA? Probably. Probably. Uh, probably a lot better than me at FIFA. But yeah, it's, it's a shame. You know, you can't criticise him. I saw recently, oh, they've even tried to, uh, tried to, his award, you know, the player of the year, not except that, oh yeah, but when you're winning awards, when you've got Balak's and Lampard's and Drogba and Terry's, that's when it's a good player of the year. Come on, just yeah, that's when it, you're desperate. It is really weird. I mean, I don't mean to besmirch people who play FIFA because plenty of our listeners play FIFA. The only reason I don't is that I'm old and I don't understand it. But <laughs> uh, um, I, I just think you're right, though. I don't know why, but there is a, a modern... Ph- I mean, maybe Liam can give us the answer, but there's a modern phenomenon where people do tend to have their allegiances to players rather than teams. And it's it's an anathema to my generation. Got any ideas, Liam? Well, it's not exclusive to football. Um, I mean, if you look... Are there any other sports than football? I, I had no idea. If you look at American sports, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge NBA fan. Um, and they follow, that, don't they, Liam? That is a very player-centric league. Like, you look at someone like LeBron James is the best yeah. basketball yeah. player on earth. And when he changes teams, there are lots of fans who will wear that new team's jersey just because they follow LeBron and his career yeah. and, and root for him. Um, and I think, you know, Messi and Ronaldo was probably the pivot point in football for that because they were such dominant in individuals, the most dominant individuals that we've seen in this sport in our lifetimes, that they they created, they, they developed armies of supporters themselves. You know, I'm sure there would be probably millions of people around the world who, when Ronaldo left Real Madrid for Juventus, started rooting for Juventus because they root for Ronaldo and whoever he plays for. Um, and so I think that's just something that is now a reality of modern football. Um, it, it can be a little bit tedious when, as a journalist, when you're getting accused of having an agenda against a certain player by someone whose Twitter handle is at Pulisic season. <laughs> uh, and then like their, their banner p- photo is, you know, like Pulisic has mocked up as Captain America or something. It's like, well, I, the only agenda here is the one you brought with you. Um, yeah. well, but you know that that's just an example dane's right you know you you get within the massive chelsea twitter ecosystem and it's true at all clubs you have a lot of people who who will have their favorite player and will see everything that goes on at the club through the prism of what it means for their favorite player good or bad well there we go i I don't understand it's an anathema to me but anyway um listen uh, there was a press conference sorry dane did you put your hand up then I know I went straight. I, I no, was going to no, agree I, with Liam because, I, I, uh, especially the NBA bit, you know, a uh, big Knicks fan, we, us with family sort of originated, hailed from. And yeah, it's with LeBron. They went, fans went from Cleveland to Miami to, to LA. And it, it's very franchisey. And we've seen it a lot in recent years just by the, just by the Twitter remarks. And you just, I was just actually scratching my neck. <laughs> well, I don't understand it myself. Uh, you know, I, I'm old school. If I don't care who they are, if they leave Chelsea and go to Tottenham, they're going to get dogs abuse from me, no matter <laughs> what they've done. And that's how it should Especially be. If they go to Tottenham. Chief. Well, exactly. Of all the teams to choose, Tottenham. You know, anybody's going to get dogs abuse. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, in the same way that Harry Kane would get dogs abuse from from going from Spurs to Chelsea. I I love the fact that uh, I was talking to Mark Meehan and Kelvin the other week. I'm sure it was one of those two. 
Um, and we were talking about Peter Osgood. I, I I can't remember what the context was now. I might have been writing a. I was writing a writing an article, fun enough, and I just wanted to check a couple of things about returners. I think we must have been talking about Hazard on his return and the fact that he would have got a. You know, a, a, had we all been there, he'd have got a lot of love. And actually, that seems to be the Chelsea way. But actually, back in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, it certainly wasn't. And apparently, Osgood, when he came back playing for Southampton, got absolutely coated off. <laughs> so you know, Osgood. I mean, that would be, we we will look at it now and we go, surely not. But I mean, you were probably there, J.K., and it, it, apparently it happened. I was, it did indeed, there and you I did. You, you did, <laughs> and I. I don't. I, it's fair enough, mate. I, I'm all for that. Now, listen. Uh, there was a presser today. We got the Villa match coming up. Um, I don't know if you were there or not today. It's kind of weird, isn't it? I it's all on Zoom. So yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, I won't bore you with most of the details because we can cover those in uh, in in the preview. But one thing really um, caught my eye or ear, should I say, really, from what uh, from what um, Tommy Tuchel was saying, because uh, you know, Werner was brought up, and this relates very much to what we were talking about earlier on. Um, and and you know, un- unsurprisingly, uh, Tuchel was very supportive of Werner, but he said, "Look, he obviously needs to improve, and I think he can. Uh, you should take into account the number of goals he's scored, which is you know he doesn't take penalties, and a lot of main strikers like Harry Kane, for example, do take the penalties. So, you know that that needs to be borne in mind." And and he said something that really made me sit up. And he said, "It's easy to criticise players if you're at home on TV. If you're in the stadium, you see, you can see the effort." And I thought, we've been saying this for years and years and years, JK. And, you know, you were there on uh, on, on Tuesday. And, and we mentioned earlier on, didn't we, that Timo Werner was getting Timo, Timo, Timo all game. And he ran around as fast as his little legs would carry him all match, busting a bollock to, to really put it in. You he don't did. see that on the TV. He busted both bollocks, Chidge, not just <laughs> the one bollock. He did. He did. No, of course we don't. Of course we don't. The other thing we don't see, of course, is that he spends all the time standing offside without even bothering to go back, which is, uh, as I said the other day, completely wound me up. I can't believe he does that, but because uh, you just see it all the way through, um, which I don't understand. At least Nistelroy used to do that, but when he would, at the appropriate moment, move back up. But um, Werner, there are several things about Werner that need to change. Um, but yeah, you cannot deny that he was hugely influenced by the crowd and the crowd were great towards him in fact i got worried i thought there were several thought there were several verna songs i thought they were trying them all out i thought i heard a chidge version in there somewhere i'm trying to work no out. really the craft well, version did a, they did a version of can't get yeah. enough now that's tommy tuchel i don't i haven't done a verna song i can't yeah, get no, enough that that's uh we are the shed boys yeah, but it, it seemed to be they went off onto another scoring one. Scoring in the Harding and scoring yeah, 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 in the Shed. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. can't get enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was uh, it was it, that was a Werner song. They 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 had Werner involved in that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Junkard, yeah. But also they did another. They did oh Timmy 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 Werner. So they were trying them all out, you know. So he was the he was the focus for all the uh, all the chants. I was very impressed. Yeah, I kept right. thinking, could we have another? Could we? Have, you know, poor old Pulisic. He hasn't got a chant. Poor old. Um, Havertz hasn't got one. Silver hasn't got a chance yet. Yet Werner, who's possibly the most misfiring centre forward Chelsea have ever had since uh, um, um, since the last one. Well, I've got, a, I've got one. a great, yeah. I've got a great <laughs> song. I've got yeah. a great song for Pulisic. Yeah. Gets three. I've got, got a great song for Pulisic, which Pulisic. I did ages okay. ago. Yeah, had a great, had a great first season. We all thought it was a blast. Soon found out he was made of glass. So it's Heart of Glass by Blondie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, anybody had a got great mixed, season. It was a blast. Yeah, Soon found out he was made of glass. Do, do, yeah. do, 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 you do, think do, really do. that that's what the fans will be singing, Chief? That's what <laughs> I would sing. I'm going to get it going when we go back. Well, it'll be you on your own. It'll no, it wouldn't back. be the first time, and it won't be the last. Anyway, okay. um, yeah, Liam. I mean, I don't know. Were you at the game on Tuesday? I wasn't. Simon was for us. Oh, you're um, divvying it up. It seems really unfair. I did. I did two in a row, which was um, culminated in the Real Madrid game. And then Simon did um, the next one. I know. No, what was the one before? I oh, know. Yeah, neither of it's us went. It's really yet. hard to remember, isn't it? There are so many games fast. of football. I I, I ne- neither of pain. us, neither of us were actually at the FA Cup final <laughs> because we uh, we only got one pass as an organisation. So our Leicester reporter went, which turned out to be the best choice. Yeah, fair enough. Business wise, fair enough. Uh, but I went to the Arsenal game. Before that, yeah. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Now, Dane, I know you had your hand up. Uh, pop, pop in with what you, you were going to say. That example uh, of, of uh, Tuchel said about, you know, being there, you know, it's obviously not a dig at people who can't go or for whatever reason, but being there in the ground, you see so much. And that's why I always disagree so much when people say that Crespo was a flop at Chelsea. He didn't score as many goals as we liked, but when you look at his conversion rate, it was really good, uh, but his movement was amazing. And you Phenomenal. only saw how Phenomenal. good his, his movement was by being there in the ground, because obviously, for obvious reasons, the camera follows the ball. It doesn't follow individual players. Mm. And Crespo's uh, forward runs and movement was the, probably the best I've seen from a striker, I, I, I think. So it's a good point by Tuchel. Yeah, it is. It was. You can the shots of him tearing his hair out when the ball wasn't delivered to yeah. him. Yes, yeah. He, he made That's such cool. good runs, such good space, and he didn't he receive did. the ball a lot. He, he also made some quite ropey ones, but let's, let's, let's not kick a man when he's down. Ooh, we're anti-Crespo, are we, Chip? No, 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 not Crespo. I thought we were still talking about Werner. No, no, I will never have a word said against Crespo. I'm modelling my current hairstyle on the great man, as you can see. I <laughs> and he loves us. He, he I, always... No, I loved him. Erna Crespo, Erna Crespo, uh, hello, hello. Compliments us still. Says once a blue, always a blue on Twitter. Yeah, he's a great man. He he, he left because his wife hated London or something. I think they got burgled. I'm sure she had a miscarriage. I might be wrong. He had a tough time. I remember that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah. he did. Um, Listen, um, we've only got Liam for a minute or two, and and I know we haven't. We're not. We're going to be talking about Villa in a minute. But before before I let him go, um, very quickly, Liam, how do you see the game going on Sunday? And and do you think we'll do it? It's a dangerous game, um, and especially with Grealish back. Um, you know, he, I know he hasn't been, he hasn't maybe dominated the the conversation, the Premier League conversation, quite as much in the last few months. But he's been excellent whenever he's played for Villa this season. He's a very, very dangerous opponent. But Tuchel has to send them out, and I'm sure he will, um, with one thought in mind, and that's to win the game, not to not to be thinking about matching Leicester's result, not to be thinking about what Liverpool could or couldn't do. Um, the only way Chelsea are guaranteed to be in the top four is if they win the game, mm-hmm. just win the game. And then you can you can think about, then you can move on to think about the Champions League final. You've got enough lead up time. You've got a whole week to prepare for it. Um, there, there's maybe been a sense in the last couple of weeks that Tuchel and maybe some of the players have had their eyes sort of one game ahead they can't afford to do that now because Villa may be mid-table. On paper, they're, they're sort of the ideal opponent you you would want to face at this stage of the season. But we saw, you know, they, they beat Spurs. Um, so they're, they're clearly not completely checked out. And the fact that Leicester have Spurs, um, who appear to be a broken team right now, 
Uh, I wouldn't be expecting any favours from that game if I were Chelsea. So they have to go and win it. I think they will because they've generally been they've been good much more often than not when it's mattered under Tuchel. Um, but it's certainly not a gimme. It isn't. It's going to be a tough and very, very tense time on Sunday. Um, Liam, as always, you know, thank you for joining us, not just tonight, but throughout the season, because this is the last time we'll see you for this season. So I just want to kind of thank you for your contributions and efforts this season. It's been great fun having you on, as always. Thanks, guys. I'm heading to Portugal as well. So <gasps> Lucky we'll boy. See. We'll see how that all goes. Oh, well, have great fun out there. It's a bit of a rigmarole to get in and out, but um, yeah, yeah, enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. Bring the trophy back for us, Liam. That's all I say. <laughs> hey, failing that, I'll bring a custard tart or something. Yeah, but... do that. Or a, that's settle for a bottle of port. You know, I'm not, not cheesy. You know, <laughs> No, have a great time, Liam. Enjoy that one. Enjoy Sunday. Are you going on Sunday quickly? Um, no, 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 no. We, we haven't been travelling to away games generally, so I'll be covering that one off the TV. Like me. All right. Well, look, enjoy it anyway, mate. Lovely to see you. As I said, thanks very much for your efforts this year. As always, appreciate it. You take care. There you go. Liam thanks, Toomey. Guys. Liam Toomey from The Athletic, who's a great old friend of ours. And as I said, uh, you know, write some great stuff for The Athletic. Uh, always worth a read. Him, Simon and... Uh, and Dom Fifield, of course. Now, uh, we will be back in a minute to have a proper old preview of the Aston Villa versus Chelsea game. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters, and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, down there is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And up there is Mr. Dane Whittle. Evening, everyone. The king of the Chelsea Fancast Instagram account, because I'll let you into a little secret, people. It's not me. Actually, go. I got. I, can I just say, get a quick question in from yeah. Instagram? A really quick one. And if anyone has any ideas, they can uh, message me on Instagram so I can answer. We, we got a new follower today on Instagram. His name was Kit Cornish. And he sent in a question. He said, hey, people, I'm 18, a lifelong Chelsea fan at uni in Reading, and I love your podcast. I want to be in London with the fans for the Champions League final, but I've heard all the pubs close by are mostly booked. I wouldn't even know where to start in trying to find places. Can you help me out at all? Thanks. If anyone has any ideas of any pubs they know. I know the, the one that people do like to go to, Chelsea Pensioner, has been booked up for a long time. But there's obviously going to be some 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 boozers and some pubs still within good close proximity to the ground that uh, people might know of that are still uh, taking bookings. Well, I mean, look, you're right, uh, you're right, Dane. Let us know, people, because I'm so out of the loop. I haven't actually been to London uh, I think I might have been to London twice in the last 14 months. I mean, I, I now no longer live there. And what with the football not being on and the radio show gone kaput, I've had no reason to be in London. So I've not been in there at all. So I have absolutely no idea. Normally I'd be the best person to ask. Right now I'm the worst person to ask. But if anybody does know of any good boozers to go and watch the final, then the, let us know and we'll pass on the news. But there you go. Um, listen, another quick... Um, quick kind of plug before we get on with the the, the preview of the Villa match uh, 
Football Prizes or at Football underscore Prizes on Twitter have uh, announced today their latest competition. As you know, they uh, they let us uh, uh, plug their competition where you can win signed uh, Chelsea player memorabilia. Well, this week is a real doozy, as they say in the United States of America. It's a signed and framed shirt from arguably Chelsea's one world-class player. I speak of no other than N'Golo Kante. Yes, an Angolo Kante signed and framed shirt. So there you go. If you want to win that, all you have to do is enter their draw. Uh, it's £4.95p a ticket. You're going to have to hurry up because the last time I looked, they've sold about two-thirds of the tickets. 99 are available, so you need to get on this right now. Four ninety-five for a ticket, and that put you into the draw, and they draw it out live on a Wednesday evening, and the draw, uh, you the, 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 the cut-off time is Harper... <laughs> Excuse me. The cut-off time is half past seven next Wednesday, May the 26th. So there you go. And if you want the link to that, um, go to the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed and I have pinned the tweet to our feed. So there you go. But for avoidance of doubt, it's footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Conte. Right, the Villa game. Um, I mean, Liam, Liam's not wrong, JK. He very rarely is. Uh only one result will do, and that result is for Chelsea to win because they cannot, under any circumstances, uh, rely on uh, or other results going their way, I don't think. I mean, you know, if, if they lost and Liverpool drew, they'd be on the same points, but our goal difference is now uh, one less than Liverpool's. Um, if we lost and Leicester drew... Uh, we'd be okay, I suppose, because uh, their goal difference is lower than ours. I mean, we have to take all of that nonsense out of the equation and bloody win the game, right? Completely. But I, I don't have any doubts that we'll, if we play as well as we played against Leicester and we've played, been playing for most of the, the Tuchel part of the season, we'll, we should win easily. The, um, or we will dominate the game. The dilemma is, of course, is that uh, they'll just get a breakaway goal and um, and then it'll be shithousery for the whole of the second half. The other thing we didn't bring up, of course, was the, the bizarre situation of Schmeichel time-wasting for the whole of the first half. And, um, Too uh, late and now. That was part one. Uh, part one, I know, but we're, we're allowed to bring it in, aren't no. we? Cause, no, because it does have a relevance, actually, Chidge. Sorry. It's no good shaking your head. Do you know what I'm doing at the moment? I've got the cursor. I, I, I don't, no, I don't the, think, considering all I can, I can only see you from your shoulders I know. up. I'm sticking you the cursor You could be doing up. anything with your hands. I'm sticking the cursor and that really worries me. I've got the cursor. The little arrow is you going You don't look up like it. You look like you've got your hands somewhere yeah. else, mate. It looks yeah, no, well it dodgy. If I'm doing that, anyway. You're not careful. I'll no. take a picture of you, and then people I'd can like decide. They can vote. What is JK doing with his hands under the desk? Nobody would know what the answer was. That I'm sticking the cursor up Chidge's nose. Um but um, First anyway, time I've heard it called that, mate. Yeah, where were we? Um, no, what I'm the point Schmeichel. I'm making. You were talking about Schmeichel. No, no, no. It was the point I was making was was shithousery in essence. Uh-huh. And um, and if all we need My to do my favourite subject. Yeah, hey, the whole you didn't mention it as well in the first half. Something else you didn't mention was the whole of that five minutes of the melee, which we're being fined for, was the most ultimate shithousery because it took place. It, it took it was about five minutes, and Dean only added on two. So there's a perfect opportunity for you almost think, what can we do in this situation to waste a bit of time? Start Have a, a big fight. scuffle. Yes. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> and then the ball then the ball was booted up in the air a lot. Yeah. But no, um the, no, the point I was gonna make was that if if we have to score, 
because no, it doesn't seem to matter to me how superior we are in these situations. All it needs is for one idiot moment of a ball deflected and then the opposition just goes into shutting down 10 men behind the ball and we find it very difficult to break it down. Like Arsenal home. Yeah, absolutely perfect example. Yeah. Well, yeah. like so, Leic Leicester in the cup final. Yeah, in the cup final as well. In fact, we, we, we had very little energy against Arsenal, but we had a, we, we were, yeah, in the, it similarly was in the cup final. So it, it's, it's, it really doesn't matter. And the, the way football is played nowadays, we have to get the ball in the net. We will absolutely, without a doubt, dominate. It's exactly what we do. And we and it's no good thinking we'll keep them out. We have to score. It's no good. Nil-nil isn't good enough. We have to score at least twice. And also just from my my heart pulse rate. Three. You know, three. You know, you know. <laughs> two two nil against yeah. Leicester. Yeah. I still yeah. shat myself, and Me I was too. right to because it was two. Well, that one. one that he missed at the end of the Leicester. What yeah. was it? The boy Perez who blasted yeah. over. Yeah, Iosi. Oh. Mm. And uh, and um, Silver went completely mad at Mount actually because Mount had. I know Let it was. Go. It, yeah. it, it was. It was. No, it was it was Kovacic who lost the ball initially. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, that was the goal, wasn't it? Cover was the goal. Yeah. But um, what we haven't mentioned either about in the first half is the fact that. Conte may not be playing because he's... he's well, we're uh, going to get into that, all right? Well, we're getting there, are we? we Read the it. bloody script, mate. Oh, okay, okay, hang on, hang Jesus on. Hang on, wet. hang on. Team, team selection. Team selection. Uh, oh, shush. yeah. H being uh, N'Golo. He's just incorrigible. Thank God we're nearly at the end of the season. Anyway, you're right. I'm finished answering your question. for God's sake, go on then. Yes, the answer Oh, yes, now you tell me. Now you can put your cursor away, mate. We won't tell anybody else. Get up your nose again. Get up your nose again. Dane. Uh, the one thing that worries me, I mean, there are millions of things to worry me because it's, this is Chelsea, obviously, but I think, you know, we, we, we've spent most of the first part or a lot of the first part talking about uh, the impact that 8,000 Chelsea fans had on in the ground and on the match. Uh, Villa, obviously, will be at home and they've got, you know, they'll have a lot of fans in there that will be going actually mental because it's their first opportunity to see their team play for over a year. Uh, so that's bound to have an effect, I would have thought. If it had an effect for us, why wouldn't it have an effect for them? And that kind of... I think it worries me more on the impact that it might have on the referee, actually, than anything else. Yeah, a decent fan base, Villa, always have. Uh, you, you get the stereotypical cliche uh, teams in the Premier League that, that everyone wants to boast about having a good crowd. But no, Villa have always had a good crowd. Uh you know, being like a little bit separated, can they can they produce the noise that Chelsea produced? You know, uh, and you're right. Some of the referees are such home referees in this in this league, and uh, yeah, I can't think of a. I think Oliver's the only referee I don't tend to mind, and it, it yeah it can have an impact, you know. But you know, but Everton have always said they oh, they've got such a good crowd, and and they were so quiet the other night, so. It does make you wonder what what impact they can have. We were hoping that, you know, the old saying that they're already on the beach, but they proved by going to Tottenham, producing a good good result and a good match performance, that, that they're not. We, we used to do quite well up Villa. I think I've, I've been up there a few times and we we have never seen us lose. Well, shall I tell you, Dane, because it's a very Clear good that point. stupid game against Fulham we played well, in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. We, we've fun. lost once, once away at Villa... Uh, in since 2011, so the away matches we've won two one uh, in 20, four nil in 16, two one in 15 when Frank obviously broke the record, uh, 
we lost 1-0 in 14, we won 2-1 in 13, and we won 4-2 in 12. So our record against Villa uh, is very, very good. Uh, in fact, you know, the, the hosts have won just one of their last league, last eight league games there. Um, uh, yeah, you know, they've got, it has to be said, uh, according to Flash Score, They've got the third best Premier League uh, win rate when scoring first, do Villa. They've won seven, drawn two, lost eight. So that that's an interesting point in regards to what JK was saying. Um, we've got a, a a rather dodgy stat here. Uh, we have a it says here we have a less than remarkable win rate of fifty one point six one percent as PL favourites. Uh, so when we go into a match as favourites, we've only got a fifty one point six one win rate. Uh, so there we go. We won sixteen, drawn nine, lost six. Um, so anyway, football is not played on stats; it's played on grass. So there we go. Nice big, yeah, that's a nice big pitch. We we do seem to play well on that pitch. It suits yeah. us. Uh, hopefully, the right surprised. players play. Dane, I was I was surprised to see that that our record up there is as good as it was. My my perception was that it that we had a dodgy record up there. So I'm quite. I'm quite pleased to see that it's good. Um, JK, they've got a lot of threats, Villa. If you know, Ollie Watkins has done very, very well this season. He's the first Englishman mm. to score 14 plus goals in his debut Premier League season since, believe it or not, this is this is a great a great question uh, since Charlie Austin in 2014. So oh, there we well. go. But um, Ollie Watkins is a is a definite threat. Um, Jack Brent, Grealish may be back. That, if only Brentford had kept all those players together instead of selling them all up. Benarama. Oh. Oh, what a good team they were. And they, once again, they're back in the playoffs. Mm. Blimey, wish them luck, wish them luck. Anyway, nice Ollie guy. Watkins, definitely a threat. John yeah. McGinn, definitely a threat. Uh, Jack, the, uh, um, Grealish is back. I always find with Grealish that he's he's got such a sort of low centre of gravity or he sticks his arse into the opposition that <laughs> he always seems to fall over and get the foul. Always. Always. And, you just, and he always gets fouls in really good positions just outside the box. And then they rifle the. Cons the referee every no, time. Bit, he is a bit of a con artist. Um, Somebody needs uh, to absolutely two-foot him in the first minute. <laughs> yes, yes. I think we're from a slightly different era, Chidge, when we say that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know that was something that perhaps might have happened in the sixties, but. Um, if you want to get fouled, yeah, son, I'll show you a foul, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you. Yeah. That's what but, I'd be saying in his ear. But you're, yeah. Yeah, you think he'd be threatened by that? I don't think so. He'd probably look at my girth. Uh, my, uh, my, the, 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 you're going to say your I, I was, actually. I realised that could be construed in another way. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Waistline. Exactly. Waistline. Yeah. And go, oh, that, you wouldn't uh, yeah. be able to catch yeah. me in this life or the next, mate, is probably yeah, what yeah. I would say. But there you go. You'd say, yeah, but I've got my bike, you'd say. Um, I'll, th- I'll throw Jonathan Kidd at you, I would say. <laughs> He's so light, I can pick him up. I'd say, oh. He's only three foot high. <laughs> he's a, um, he's my personal gnome. Yes, he is. His little little blue blue hat. My gnome uh, from gnome. Anyway, yeah, um, 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 who else have they got that's good? Um, well, no Barkley, obviously. They're well organised. Yeah, there won't be any Barkley. Somebody is a good centre back. Somebody posited a very a decent question on Twitter, which was, did they think that Tuchel could make Barkley into a player? And I resoundly responded with a no, th- please, no, let's not see Barkley anymore. What did but, I say? And uh, I don't think you said anything. I think I did. I think I said I said he's good, but he's oh, not yeah, a miracle did. worker. You, uh, yeah, well said, Chidge. <laughs> you did. You were very funny. Sorry. He was full of yeah, praise. Thanks, JK. Thanks, well, mate. Sorry. It was, it, yeah, you did. I do apologise. Yeah. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, who's the other good player? They've got a couple of that. Who's the Egyptian who's very good for them? Um, uh, they've got a couple of. They've got some decent players. Bloody hell! But we're you know we should beat them. I can't you know. But once again, it, it's it's uh, you never know what's going to happen. Last game of the season. Oh God. Goalie's it good. Really be an easy game. It should be, but you know. The memory of Arsenal and Leicester is just upon me again. So, yeah, I mean they have. I mean, uh, uh, Dane rightly says Martinez has done very well from this this season. Of course, there's the other added complication that, of course, uh, you know JT is their uh, first well assistant coach. I think they call it or something like that. First, he's on the coaching staff. We all know that. Of course, he very uh, amusingly, uh, Dane, uh, when the Tottenham fans were chanting the Ledley. I mean, how could anybody in this world or the next think that Ledley King was a better player than John Terry? I mean, you have to have been drunk, drinking the, the Tottenham Kool-Aid to sing that. But <laughs> apparently when they did, he raised an, an imaginary trophy at them. So J, J, uh, JT has still got it. Um, but they, they, they are a threat, uh, Dane. They've got some decent players. Um, they are at home. There are a lot of... Uh, their, their, their fans will be there, which is all a bit of a worry. But it's you know it's up to us. We've got to we've got to basically put a decent team together and go out and bloody win the game. Sounds very Michael Caine, yeah. that doesn't it? Um, now, it's... according to the presser, Dane, mm-hmm. um, you know the injury doubts that we've had are, 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 are well. Apparently, Christensen's okay and he's trained with the squad. Um, Kai Havertz is being tested tomorrow, so I would say he's a doubt, and and Golo Kante. I think is a major doubt. Um, you know, Tuchel was kind of intimating that he's more likely to be ready by Monday, which of course would be the day after the game. So that tells mm. you a lot, doesn't it? So, you know, we've got some injury issues. I mean, in terms of the team selection, this is what I've gone for. See what you think of this. And by the way, the caveat is we never get it right. But anyway, this is, you know, given what Tuchel likes to pick and given who we have available or, or who we wouldn't or shouldn't risk. This is who I would pick. Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Aspilicueta, Chilwell, Kovacic, Jorginho, James, Werner, Pulisic, Mount. So what I'm really saying, Dane, is that I don't think Havertz should, if, you know, if he's not fully fit, don't play him. If Conte's not fully fit, don't play him. Hmm. If Christensen's only just coming back after injury, don't play him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I sort of... Think I the front three I originally wanted after the cup final because I'd sort of washed my hands with Werner for this season. I thought, listen, for the rest of the, the last two league games and the Champions League, I, I hope they go with Havertz, uh, Mount and Pulisic. But then Havertz blew that up by getting injured and Werner come in and performed brilliantly well. Uh, so, yeah, with Havertz and Christensen, I wouldn't take the risk. I, I don't know about, oh, would they have James at right wing back or that right centre back? He looks solid in both, but then you miss out on his right wing back capabilities, you know, sorry, going back to that cup final, we just had nothing coming in from, from the uh, wing backs until Chilwell come on. And uh, by having James at right center back, you do miss out on that ball in from the box. So I, I like the sound of your team. I wouldn't risk the ones. And yeah, I'd, I'd be picking one as, as close to that as possible. Mm. JK. Um, just a reminder, of course, is that Traore plays for them, who used to play for us. Yeah, that's very good. Well done. Good research, JK. Good research. The, Putting your cursor ch- to good use for a change. Thank you. What are the chances of him <laughs> scoring against us then? Oh, don't go there. Don't go there. Please don't go there. You know, 
I can't. No, no. Don't, don't don't bring in Chidge's weird superstition foible thingies coincidences again. You should be the one saying, "Oh, I don't know what. Oh, I can't. I can't see us winning. Oh no, it's all going to fall apart." Because that's what you said. <laughs> Do you, I, do you know what? I mean, good segue, because we really do need to talk about how we see it going. And the honest truth is, JK, I have absolutely no idea. No, me neither. None at all, because this is bloody Chelsea, you know. Uh, Liam had a point, I think, <laughs> chaps, you know, that, that Villa are actually a decent side. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we can we, we can assume that they'll be on the beach. I mean, they can't. They can't. From interestingly enough, they can't do anything other than finish eleventh. So even if they beat us, they can't get any higher. So they literally have nothing to play for. But I mean, you know, these are professional footballers and Dean Smith. Dean Smith, incidentally, he's yet to win any personal head-to-heads with Chelsea. He's drawn one and lost four. So you know, he'll want to get one over on us. Um, I hope JT sabotages it somehow, but I don't <laughs> think he'll get away with it. But you just don't know, do you? I mean, it would be it would be so Chelsea to lose this and screw up finishing fourth, and then go and win the Champions League next weekend and qualify. I mean, and 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 all points in between because you just you just don't know. And I think J.K. that the element of doubt that I think that we're all kind of tacitly expressing is because we know that we just don't score lots of goals. That's the element of doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We know we don't let many in. But can we score enough goals? And we, we've proven that we don't really do that a lot. He'll keep playing Werner because um, uh, despite his being um, completely inept in front of goal, he is—he um, seems to be quite a vital cog in this setup, just because of his willingness and his, um, and his, he's a skillful player. He sets people up. He does okay. Um, so uh, uh, you can only hope that he he has a has a moment of of brilliance um, that, I mean, that would be such a nice thing to do when you have score a, a terrific goal from the beginning i mean it was interesting against leicester how we started off really excellently and should have scored really early on and it would be nice for one of those to go in wouldn't it which um uh, just to we have a very early attack all over them all on our own dup, bup, 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 goal everybody relaxes they're on the back foot we then score another one that would be a nice setup so i think you'll play Werner, and i, I you haven't asked me about we 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 got past me via the segue about my team, and I think you'll play. Um, uh, I think you'll play. Uh, Is that cursor going to go? Yeah, the case going to. I was you. You, you missed that because you were looking down, but I was going. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why have Dave was laughing. Cheap jibes, please. Cheap <laughs> jibes, um, yes. jibe, Terence. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Havertz plays. I won't be surprised if he plays with, uh, um, and he'll give Zayek a go. Oh. We, we don't. I know we don't know, do we? And Zayek, I bet you Zayek then has a great game because they're the options. You know, I've got a mate who watched watched Ajax a lot last season. Said that Zayek was the best player in in Europe, practically in a Mickey Mouse league. Well, yeah. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. A Mickey Mouse league. So, yeah, very good, very good. Mickey Mouse league. Yeah, very good, very good indeed. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, obviously Mount, and obviously and Kovacic will play, obviously. And um, and Jorginho will play, and I think he'll play Reese James, um, um, uh, and Chilwell will play. I think it'll be them till till the cup final. Yeah. I don't think he'll Kovacic make it. Very rusty the other night, didn't he? Who? Who was that? Cover. 
Kovacic. Oh, very, very. He did. He did. Very, amid some excellent things, he did some excellent things. But yeah, the, to be caught in possession for the goal was dreadful. That was beyond. But he has that in him. I mean, it's yeah. it's really interesting, isn't it? When you look at all of the midfield players that we've got at the moment, which are basically Conte, Jorginho, Kovacic, and Billy Gilmore. Um, I think only Conte is kind of exempt, but I mean, I've seen him do a rick or two in the past. I mean, it is a function of football, you know, nobody's 100% perfect. And that's a very dangerous position to be in in the midfield because you are going to make mistakes. But, you know, Jorginho, Kovacic and Gilmore have all got a, a rick in them every match. And the trouble is, you know, we've seen with Jorginho recently, it could be costly. It was costly with Kovacic. Billy Gilmore gave away a penalty. I mean, you know... They're, they're, we know, I think, that right now the only midfielder that we can really rely on is is Conte, you know, and that's that's quite worrying, I think, you know. In and some he respects. wasn't playing, so we. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I look. If I'm the manager, right, you know, yeah. I don't care. I, if you you're, if you're fit, you play. If you're not fit, you don't play. He's not fit. He's not playing. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah, because you know, if if this was the last game of the season. If this he'd was play. the last game of the season, if he's he'd if play. he's eighty percent fit, I'd play him. Yeah. But we've got too. a Champions League final next week. Yeah. yeah. And that is I'm sorry, I don't care what they say about the importance of finishing top four. That's gotta be in your head. He said something really interesting actually in the presser about that today. I actually really enjoyed it for a child. I, I kind of don't know why. I got a bit organized today, so I had a bit of time, so I actually watched the presser and I thought I thought it was really somebody asked him a, a question about what was more important, Champions League or or or, or Sunday, and he said, "Well, look, um, you know." And they they asked him about you know if 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 they won the match on Sunday, would it would it take the pressure off for them in the Champions League? And and he said, "Well, yeah, I can't lie. You know, if we win on Sunday, the pressure's off for the Champions League. But you know, we're we're playing to win a cup. You know, um, Champions League qualification. If we don't win on Sunday, you know." it's not a case of the pressure going on because we want to win the cup and actually qualification is a side issue. A bit like it, I think it was in some respects in 2012. I, I don't think that, the, oh my God, now we have to win the Champions League final because of course we haven't qualified for Europe next year. They wanted to go and win the cup and I think he was pretty much saying the same thing. But he said very clearly they want to finish the job this Sunday and they want to finish the job on the 29th because if you if you if you've made it all the way to a final of that competition you want to win it you don't want to don't want to come second so i thought it was a really interesting perspective that he had on that he was good today i'll give him that he was very very good so um dane you've heard what i thought about how it might go or uh, which is basically no idea which is about the best punditry in the world isn't it really but i mean <laughs> what, what what do you think i'm hoping the werner will pull out the ghost of robert flecken get a goal up there. I think that was one of Fleck's few goals for Chelsea. I think he only scored two or three. One of them was quite early on in the season. We we won up there 3-1. I remember Eddie Newton scored Fleck and I think Wise. Decent team that. I remember Vinnie Jones being in that team. Anyway, I'm going with a 3-1 to Chelsea. A little bit tight for a certain 20 minutes in the game, but I'm feeling quite confident, comfortable, confident, and we're going to have a nice week leading up to the Champions League. I love you, Dane. Thank you. You've, put, <laughs> you've clearly assuaged all of my deep-seated fears. JK? Could, can Dane take over as the uh, the uh, the young bloke who, who, who puts the jinx on things by saying that um, they're going to win yeah. easily? We'll get a mess. I can't remember the bloke's name now. He said, oh, that bloody, oh, that black, bloody, young, that bloody young bloke on the Chelsea fan course, so we're oh, going to win easily. No, oh, no, that'll be the tweet next week. 
Yeah, we, that's that bloody mean. young bloke. That's right. Yeah. He's jinxed us. He's jinxed us. He's jinxed us. Oh, so yeah. we're going to win easy. Yeah. I, was, I was only answering a question. <laughs> well, do you know what JK said? He's, he'll tell you if you give him half a minute. Oh, didn't you swear at him? <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I saw the reply. Yeah, yeah I did see the reply. After, after consideration, some consideration <laughs> and soul searching. Yeah. I think suggest he go and fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> And you haven't heard back from him since. No. Funnily enough, no. He's blocked. He's blocked, mate. That's I, what I did. I blocked him. You blocked <laughs> him. You yeah. badass, man. Yeah. Got Don't the last word in and blocked him. Never block the Brilliant. listeners. Never block the listeners. Well, or wait for them. them to block you. Mute them. Mute them. <laughs> You're a very bad man. So, come on, then, what do you reckon? Six nil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if that was the score, wouldn't oh, it? If it happened like that, that eight nil is one of the funniest matches I've ever been to. I was just joyous mm. when we walloped an eight nil at the bridge, but I don't think that's going to happen somehow. No, um, uh, I think we'll win. We'll uh, we'll win three one as well. Actually, do you? Okay. Um, I, I, re- I really genuinely don't have any idea, and I and I wonder if a little bit of this is that I just don't predict anything because I'm just so nervous about it. You know, um, I mean. If you give me a choice between winning uh, on on Sunday and 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 winning next Saturday, then I'll choose Saturday every time because it's a trophy and it's the Champions League, and of course it will still mean that we qualify. So job done, you know. But uh, I think it. I think it's. In, I mean, look, it's really important for the club to finish top four. I think it's important personally for Tommy Tuchel because that's what he was brought in for. As he keeps telling everybody, um, finishing top four will, you know it'll bring them a lot of money which they want and we can use that to buy better players and all the rest of it so it's really really important I think it's going to be horrible it's going to be nervous it's going to be a bit like the Leicester game I suspect uh, Jonathan made a really good point earlier on I thought I think that we'll we'll go out there with a lot of energy and we will batter them but can we finish it you know can we score the goals I think we need to score early I mean you can say that about any match but I really do think we need to get our noses in front because I think, like most teams in the Premier League, if they get ahead, they can make it really difficult for you. So we've got to get an early goal. Uh, and uh, I, I, I do think we need more than one. I think, you know, I, I think it, I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 for us, but I don't think it's going to be easy. It's My my sphincter will be flapping uh, <laughs> like a windsock in a hurricane for most of the match, I believe. But uh, i tell you what I'd really like, though. Uh, I would really love Werner to score that first goal and to score that first goal early, and I'd like it to be a really good goal. Yeah, because, score it well. Yeah, yeah. because he he was so you could. I mean, one thing we didn't pick up on, and I'm now doing a bit of a J.K. going back to part one, but one thing we didn't talk about was how 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 ooh, how delighted he was when he scored that first offside. I mean, Christ mm. on a bike. I mean, I could see on the TV it was about five yards offside, but. And he looked all innocent, but he he was he celebrated like he had scored the winner in the World Cup final because he had fans there. You could see how much it meant to him and how up for it he was. And I just want that little bloke to get a bit of joy, you know, in the Premier League. It could mean the world to him. So I'd love to see Werner score the opener and make it a really second, good goal. The second goal he scored, he done a Torres, you know, Torres' oh, know. goal against West Ham. 
uh, where he just w- slid off to the the, the crowd and, yeah, and, and put his uh, fingers in the air. And I thought you must have known you handballed it. But as he said, he said he got a nudge uh, into the. You you cannot the... fault his enthusiasm and and his love for it all. And I, and I think that if he can get off and running and start scoring lots of goals, mm. I think the bond that he will have with the fans will be immense. He he's just he's one of those players who can have a real natural rapport with the supporters. He loves it. And he mm. loves them. You can just see see it, you know. And he's, he's just so desperate for it. And I I just really hope that he that he gets a cracking goal on on Sunday, and it and it sets him on the right path. And I hope that we win. But I'm going to go two one. Uh, edgy as hell, horrible to watch, absolute nightmare. I'll be sitting there going, why do I bother? Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> but there you go. That's kind of really in a funny old way. Why we all love it. So there you go. Dane's go three one. JK's going three one. I'm going two one. It would so be typical Chelsea, as you said, though, for us to lose and go and win the Champions League. I'll change mine to be different to 3 2. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that'll kill me. <laughs> Just absolutely finish me off, mate. But there you go. Well, look, obviously, I really, you know, on behalf of all of us and all of you who are listening to the show, I really hope that the boys do do it. Uh, but. Uh, Arguably even more important will be this time uh, next week uh, when we will be back for our last preview show of the season, a bonus show because we're in the Champions League final on the Saturday. And uh, who will we have on next week? You know what? I can't remember. Um, It's obviously me and JK. uh, But we'll also have uh, on the Friday the lovely Dan Silver, unless he's got himself a ticket and he he has to be off. I better check with him, really. Um, And also... uh, we actually, do you know what? I might have to have a schedule change because I don't know if these boys are going to be here. But we're scheduled to have Dan Silver and Sam Incasol on but with you us. On the, you go on the Saturday morning, don't well, you? They might. It depends clearly, but if Dan Silver and Sam Incasol don't have to fly out on the Friday evening, then they are scheduled to be on the show. If if because uh, I know Sam's going to be there. Uh, I don't know about Dan, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dan's got a ticket. Are you Is going it? too? You got a ticket. You got the golden ticket out of the Willy Wonka bar. How dare you? It was a ballot. I was in another ballot. You I got, got another. One. You won in another ballot. Yeah. Christ on a bar. I didn't even win a, in the ballot for one of the ten thousand Champions League special flags, mate. I think the club hate me. I never win anything in that club. I think. Oh, hang on. He's that wanker that does the fan cast. He hates us. We don't want him to win anything. Excuse me. I'm, I must therefore be a wanker who does the flag. <laughs> no, but I take all the flag, mate. Oh, you are. You're I take the flak so you don't have to. You're the figurehead. Yeah. You're the figurehead. I take oh, I'm the, the I'm the nice wanker who does the yeah. flank. I take the flak so you don't have to, mate. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you're going next right? Uh, next next Saturday. Yeah. You on the on the the special? You know. The one flights. Yeah. 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 Oh well, well done, you. <sighs> yeah. oh, J.K. We might have to talk about that. You might have to do us do some content for us. I'd love to. Absolutely love to. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's going to be pictures. Be a day, take yeah, a day. Yeah, record yeah. some stuff for us. Yeah. It's going to be mad, man. I mean, I'd love to go. I, I mean, you know, as I, I keep winning on about this for England, but um, I, for some bizarre reason, I found myself at the bottom of the pile on the loyalty point side. So I couldn't even. I mean, they sold out by half three on Thursday at sixty-four points. So I had yeah. no chance. Uh, and that's before we get into the rigmarole with the testing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The irony is, I said to Adam earlier on, normally for me, it's a question of lots of time, but no money. Ironically, this time I have loads of money, but no time. How does yes. that work? You know, well, no, it's probably because you've made the money through not having the time. That's in the past. Right. 
Yeah. yeah, I'd have been if I could have got a ticket, I'd have gone, but I couldn't. I couldn't get one, so there we go. But hey ho, I'll be watching it on my Jack Jones on the telly on Saturday night, fortified by a lot of alcohol. But anyway, we've got to get through the Villa match on su- on Sunday first, so we need to focus on that. As does the team, which I'm sure they will do. Uh, J.K. and myself will be back on Monday for the Chelsea Fancast, and we'll be joined by Mark Meehan and Sam Incasol, double teaming for us uh, this week, old Sam. Uh, from Football London and uh, we'll be looking back at the Villa match obviously uh, on Sunday and then as I said we'll be back on Friday to preview the Champions League final and uh, myself JK and hopefully Dan Silver and Sam Incasol. Uh Dane as what a delight to see you mate we've missed you it's really lovely to have you back on the show it's been great fun tonight thank you I appreciate that yeah it's been fun you know it's, it's always an absolute pleasure to come on and see you two and talk about our beloved Chelsea so yeah no thank you thank you for having me on yeah well we're, we're planning on trying to have a get together sometime during the summer I, 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 I Oh yeah, yeah. I've said that what we need to do is we need to hire a hire a you know a room in a pub or, or some tables in a pub, and we can all meet up sometime in the summer in lieu of the fact lovely. that we've not actually managed to see each other for a long time. Mm, the milky that... bars will be on me. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bung at least ten p behind the bar for everybody. So, you know. <laughs> but I'll do that. But it'd be just it'd basically be our WhatsApp group. So uh, that that is the fan cast. All the people in the WhatsApp group. So uh, let, we'll we'll try and get that done. So hopefully I'll get to see you. Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. In a long winded yeah. way. But as as ever, uh, Dane, thank you for your huge contributions this season, and of course. Um, for the fantastic work you do on the Instagram, Kat, Kat, it's really appreciated. So Love well it. done, you, uh, Mister Kid. Uh, absolutely delightful to see you as ever. Uh, gird your loins for Sunday, and uh, I will see you in fighting form, hopefully on Monday evening. I hope so too, and not uh, not disgruntled or depressed. Let's go. Well, you know how it is. If we win, it'll be a great show on Monday. If we lose, it'll probably be an even better show because it's, it's <laughs> one. I mean, remember last Monday. Yes, great show. It was a great show. And we, we were in foul moods, but we had a great show. So there you yeah, go. Good. Good. Win or lose, up the blues, mate. Absolutely. I indeed. have a, a poster that says that on my wall. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, anyway, um, the final thank you should go to the people who've been listening live on Mixler tonight, who I've managed to comprehensively ignore, which is very <laughs> remiss of me. But uh, I, I do know you're in there, and it's lovely to see you in there. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, And we'll be back again on Monday. So thank you for listening. See you next Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the 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 chels!